Well, if you were not here last week, let me catch you up real quick because this is part two of our journey with Jesus. And um, I'm excited. I love this stuff. This is the stuff that just makes me like, yeah. So let's take a look at where we went on our journey with Jesus last week. Because as, as we know, our time with Jesus, it, it, even our, t- our life itself, is not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about how we get there. And we talked last week how, you know, the destination for us as believers is pretty good. But man, let's make the way there awesome too. And uh, so first we talked about on our journey, one of the first things that we experience is, is when we hear the gospel. And, and you heard it for the first time. Someone told you somewhere you heard, hey, the God of creation who created everything gave his very own son as a sacrifice for you because he loves you so much. And we heard it. And then all of a sudden we had this this aha moment, right? The point where it clicked, where our eyes were open for the very first time. We heard the gospel, and most of us, you know, some of us, that hearing phase takes a while. I don't know about you, I, I actually grew up in church. My, my mom made sure that she packed all the kids up and took us to church, and we sat on those hard wooden pews in the old Methodist church, and, and I looked forward to getting out my coloring book, and I hoped that there were some graham crackers in mom's purse halfway through. That was just three years ago. I don't know. <laughs> I kid. But anyway, I went through church, I went through confirmation, which is what they have in the, in the Methodist church, who was about 12 years old, and, and heard about Jesus, and I read my Bible, and I learned the books of the Bible, but there was finally a point when I was about 15 years old where some guy in some church basement down in Cincinnati said, hey, let me really tell you about Jesus, and it clicked, because the Holy Spirit met me there. The Bible tells us that we can only come to Jesus when the Holy Spirit leads us. And that was the moment for me where it clicked, which led me to believe and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's where, um, it's where it became personal for me. It's where I started owning it. And instead of going to mom's church, I was going to see my God. I was praying to my Savior that's cool. And that's exciting. And, and it was wonderful. And what it did is it started me gaining momentum in my personal journey. This is where I started getting a little excited. This is where, folks, in our journeys, this is where we start looking a little different. This is where people that we grew up with, our family, our friends go, wow, you, something different about you. What did you do? You cut your hair? Get some Jesus inside you. What's going on, right? This is where you start looking a little different. And for some people, it may even be, wow, you know, it may, they may have that epiphany about you. While like, wow, you're really changing. Something's going on. And they may actually manifest it in, man, whatever happened to you? You were cool. Now look at you. You're like into Jesus, and you're going to church, and you're not hanging out and being crazy with us. And, you know, I gave up on cool a long time ago. But I don't need cool because I got Jesus living inside me. And there's something different. And so you start looking a little different. But the, 
The awesome thing is, as God moves in you and you start growing in him, you also start looking at other things differently. And there's people who are going, man, you ain't no fun anymore. You start looking at them and go, man, you know, Jesus loves them too. Those messed up people in your life, those crazy people, those sinful people, you realize just the same as you, and God loves them just as much as he did you. And God wants to save their lives just as much as he did yours. And there's a love that wells up in you for them if you just let it. And so you look at things a little bit differently, and this leads us to a point in our life. And I'll tell you this. Let me get you right here because there's a little sign there, and I know it's hard to read from where you are probably because I can't even read, and I'm like right here. But it says quicksand. It's a little warning sign. If you have the notes, you probably saw it's like right there. And this is a real spot in our lives where we, it's a little dangerous because we can get very satisfied living right here, right? We're saved. It's cool. I got saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm just going to live my life now. But there was never a point where when Jesus called his disciples or anyone else where he says, hey, Peter, Andrew, I know you're fishing right now, but if you'll just get on your knees and say this prayer, we'll be cool. And I'll leave you guys to go fish, okay? He said, follow me. He said, come and follow me. It wasn't a point in time. There wasn't a line of demarcation. It was a line of progress. And they started gaining momentum as they started following Jesus. And so do we when we follow Jesus. So don't, don't get stuck here. Don't get complacent here. Don't get, sorry, lazy here. But let's keep moving with Jesus. Because this is when it gets really good and we start learning how to practice spiritual disciplines. And this is where we kind of left off last week. It's a big fancy way of saying this is where we practice the things that that God showed us how to do. Things that Jesus taught us about, like praying, fasting, meditating on God's word, worshiping, personal times of worship, not just here, which is wonderful. I love corporate worship and celebration, but in your own maybe car or your own room or your own house, those times you set aside and go, this is yours, God. And we're going to, this is where these things happen. And let me tell you why it's important, because we talked about this last week, but I want to give you another reason why it's important. What I want you to think about um, is this, that we must feed our souls, and this is how we do it. This is the dinner table, folks. And I want, you to, I want you to think about something. If you have to close your eyes, that's cool. No one will touch you. I hope. Um, close your eyes and think, what, what is my favorite meal? What's your favorite meal? If your spouse or a friend says, I'm going to take you out to dinner for your birthday, you choose. I don't care how much it costs. We will go out, and, and we're going to get it done. So just think in your head. Get a picture of it in your head of what you absolutely love to eat. Everybody got something? I know there's one of you out there, it's just all like pies and cakes and stuff and dessert. <laughs> I want a chocolate mountain. But I also know there's some of y'all out there, big old, uh, talking here, big old fat steak, man. I'm talking big New York strip sirloin, medium rare, nice big loaded baked potato, you have to have it loaded because it's a, technically a vegetable, so if you put some bacon and cheese on, it makes it better. You eat this side salad because it comes with it. 
but it's satisfying. Oh, it's good stuff. Maybe for you it's Thanksgiving dinner, right? Nothing like going to grandma's and walking in and the waft of turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie. Oh, that's hearty. It feeds your soul. Maybe for you, Tom, it's a big old vegetarian vegetable plate. Steamed, nice side of couscous, a little hummus to start with. God bless you, man. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) But whatever it is, you had that image. What's my favorite meal? You've got it right here, right? And I bet none of you said, man, I could go for one of those little jars of Gerber strain peas. Man, there ain't nothing like taking down three or four of those jars, Ed. Some of those peaches, right? Little spoon. Or, so I was looking, I was going to put some visuals up here, but I didn't want to mess with my cool map. I saw, I'm, I'm trying to investigate baby food, and they have this beef stuff. Yeah, oh, and I'm going, it's, it's like pink toothpaste. I'm not sure. But I'm going, okay, my favorite meal, my favorite meal is a good hearty steak. And I'm looking at this going, that ain't beef. That ain't right. It's not appetizing, is it? We don't think when my favorite meal, I could really, I could take down some baby food. I'm a beech nut man myself, right? We don't think about that because we've grown beyond that, haven't we? We've grown beyond that. And let me tell you, Hebrews addresses that. Believe it or not, the Bible addresses this situation particularly. We don't know who the writer is of Hebrews. A lot of theologians and people a lot smarter than I am have have speculated as to who the writer is, but we don't know for sure. We know that it is a, a wonderfully inspired by God book. And in Hebrews 5, the writer talks about the priesthood of Jesus. And he says that Jesus has become our, our new high priest. We no longer have to go to the temple and make sacrifices and go to a priest and tell them something so that then they'll go to God and tell God. But instead that we have a high priest in Jesus and that we can go directly to him. We don't need a man or a woman or any other person in the way. We just go right to the source. And in Hebrews uh, 5, 11 through 14, they continue that. And he says this, so we've heard much to say about this, this, this high priest of Jesus, this relationship that we have with God personally. But it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Now listen to what he says. He doesn't say you no longer understand. He says you no longer try to understand. We'll get back to that in just a second. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who, const- who by constant use, spiritual disciplines, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. What he's saying here, you you no longer try to understand. This is where we get stuck in that quicksand up there. It's like, wow, you know, I'd love to do the God stuff. I'd love to do the Brazil thing or 
go to India, or maybe just I'd love to, to, to do the God stuff, but I don't want to go there. And we get stuck. And we, we make up excuses like, well, you know, God knows me, and he made me the way I am, so he's not going to call me to do that. But have we given him the chance? Are we trying to understand and make it a point? And then he talks about the practicing of the disciplines, which leads us to the growth. And if you have children, if you have little children, if you were ever a child, you can relate to this. When we were babies, we got milk. We got formula because we had no teeth. And we would do that for a little while. And then as we got a little bit older, we would get those amazing mushed green beans that come in the jar and the beef stuff as we grew up. And then we started getting into the little cereals, right? Am I, am I, am I telling this right here, parents? Am I doing okay? And then the soft foods. And eventually, our kids get to the point where they can have real food. We call it real food. Isn't that funny? My kids are eating real food now. And it's like, I've seen the other stuff. You're right. And, and it is. And your kids get to the point where they can eat real food, solid food. And you cut it up for them into little bite-sized portions, right? So they can chew it with the few teeth they have so they don't choke on it. And eventually, that little boy or little girl of yours sits at the table and they get their very own chicken leg for the first time, right? And man, they go at it. It's like Conan the Barbarian working that thing. And, but once they get to that point, you don't go, okay, you know, my kid's three now. They're eating solid food. They're doing great. They love this. They love this. But I'm going to give them some strained peas. I'm going to get, you know, we don't, we never, we don't go backwards. And no one here, when I asked what your favorite food was, said, may I go for a bottle of some Similac right now, right? And so biblically speaking, in our spiritual lives, we need to put these things like fasting and prayer and reading the word and studying it. That feeds our souls. Because you know what? We are, we're called to grow up. The writer of Hebrews is telling these people, okay, you know what, stop, stop not trying and grow up, people, spiritually speaking, of course. It's time to put this stuff, the word, in your heart and grow with it. And we talked about this last week. I don't want to make this sermon about an advertisement for this class, but if you really want to dig in more about these spiritual practices... We're going to be talking about this starting on October 26th, Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock for five Sundays in a row. Get you done before Thanksgiving, okay? About an hour, hour and a half per class. And we're going to talk about what, is, what does it mean to fast? Does it mean you just give up food? Come and find out. How do I set aside time to pray? What does my prayer life look like other than good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat? Right? <laughs> What is, my, what is my prayer life like? How do I meditate on the Word? What does that even mean? And how do I have a personal, personal worship time with Jesus that's dynamic and life-giving? We'll be talking about that. So please, if you're interested in coming, just go ahead, check that little box on your connection card. I know the baskets already came around, but if you give it to the person at the front desk on your way out, We'll know how many materials to provide, okay? It's just a lot more than we can dig into 
on a Sunday morning, and it's a whole lot more personal, too. And I'll tell you this, we're going to keep it very simple, bite-sized pieces, I promise. So if you're brand new following Jesus and you want to know about this, we're going to make it great. But we're also going to make it really hearty and tasty. So if you've been following Jesus for a long time and you just need a refresher on some of this stuff, please come. Okay? All right, enough said about that. All righty. Well, after this point, we start building those spiritual practices in our life. This is actually our next step where our faith explodes crazy stuff starts happening. You start praying, God starts answering. And sometimes, even when you pray, and you know sometimes God says no, right? And you pray, and God says no, and all of a sudden, at this point, when your faith is exploding, you go, okay, I've got peace with that, because God's in control, and I've learned to trust him. Right? And so, I want my faith to explode. I want to be on this journey. I want you guys to be on the journey with us, this is where you start doing life with Jesus. This is where Jesus is part, every part of your life, and the two of you are indistinguishable and inseparable, which leads us to act. Act on what God is doing in us. Did you know that even before you believe that Jesus, that God was moving all around you and in you before you even said yes? Did you know he is just all over you until one point when that Holy Spirit stirs in you, the Bible says, and brings you to your belief, to that decision to believe. And so there's already stuff going on in us, and we're propelled to start doing those things. In Galatians 5, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I love that line. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Well, free from what? I've never, you know, what am I set free from? You're, free, you're set free from rules. And the, he's speaking specifically the laws of Moses, that big fat book with all those rules. You're free from that. You don't, if you want to go serve the poor, you don't have to ritualize, ritualize clean yourself. You don't have to go do things. You don't have to say seven prayers before you go do this. You just go love people with the love of Jesus. You're free. Go do it. Okay? This is the point where that empty religion, the legalistic rules, fade away. They just drop. And all of a sudden, it it goes from being rules to being love. I love Jesus so much. I just want to serve his people. I am free. He goes on to say in 13 through 15, he repeats himself about freedom. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now, we get caught up on that sometimes. We go, well, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I don't do that crazy stuff to indulge my flesh. It just means, are you self-centered? When it says indulge the flesh, it doesn't mean get all crazy and stuff. It just means being selfish, being self-centered, putting yourself first. He's saying don't, don't, don't use your freedom to make everything about you. Look what a good Christian I am, right? But he's saying rather serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. That means humbly. It means we place other people before us. We lower ourselves so that we can exalt others as we serve 
them as we look at them with God's eyes and say, this person has amazing worth no matter what circumstance they're in. And we serve them humbly. He goes on to say, for the entire law, that huge book, all those rules he talked about earlier that you're free from, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to, want to know more about that, that faith journey we we're talking about too, Galatians 5 is a great place to read. The, the book of Galatians is amazing. Galatians 5 specifically talks about keeping in step with the Spirit. Read it when you get home. It's fantastic. So you're going, okay, well, here's the thing, Tony. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I, I'm embracing everything. But man, I've been praying, God, what is your will for my life? And until I hear something, I don't know how to serve him in love. Right? Well, let me give you some, some pointers here from Matthew 25. You see, Jesus gives this great story about the day of judgment when he is ascended and sitting on the throne in heaven and the people gather before him and he divides people into two groups. This is going to happen, folks. This is not just a story. This is foretelling. And he says, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to divide you into two groups. On the right hand are the sheep. On the left hand are the goats. The right hand are the righteous. The left hand are the unrighteous. And I'm going to look at the righteous and say this, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. At that point, the righteous look at at Jesus sitting on the throne, and they said, well, I don't remember you coming to my door. I think I'd remember if Jesus came to my door. I'm just saying. I don't remember you doing, when did I ever serve, when did I feed you? When were you in jail and I, I came and visited you? When were you sick and I took care of you? And Jesus said this, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. So while you're figuring out what God's will is for your life, because that's very important, I understand. I want to know constantly what the next step is where God's taken me on this awesome journey. But while I'm trying to figure it out, there's some pretty basic things I can do. I can go on the grocery giveaway and feed the hungry. I can give money to build wells and to bring water filters to people in Brazil. I can go visit the sick in the hospital or in jail. There are things that we can practically do. Excuse me. So if you want to know how to do that, there you go. Now I'll tell you this. These are very good things that we can do very easily in our own power. We can take shortcuts on the map here. And we can do them for a time. And sometimes we can even do them really well. There are a lot of people doing great stuff out there. And charity work and things like that. But without Jesus, we just will burn ourselves up. What we're doing here is we're making God the biggest part of our life. So that we're propelled by his spirit. And he walks with us in it. 
and he carries us through it. And it's so much more meaningful and so much more powerful than anything we could ever, ever do ourselves. The cool thing is about this is that this is, oh, there's, let me give you your warning there. Forgot about the warning. Oh, that is the shortcuts. I gave you a warning. Just forgot to press the button. Now, here's the thing. This is a big circle. It's a big circle. Because once you've gone through this circle and you've, you're practicing your disciplines and it moves you to do awesome things, all of a sudden you start hearing things anew in the gospel. And if you've walked this, you, you know what I'm saying. All of a sudden the gospel sounds fresh to you again. And then you have your aha moment again where you're like, oh, wow, God's doing that in me now. And you believe anew and it shores up your faith which leads you to practice those disciplines even more to deepen your prayer life and your time in the Word, which leads you again even more to action. And it just keeps going around and around and around. It gets deeper and more wonderful and more powerful and more exciting each and every time you do it. So here's the things I want you to remember if you take away from today and the band can kind of make their way up is first, this. It's a journey, not a destination. Life's a journey. Our spiritual life is a journey. Jesus said, follow me. That requires movement, right? And so we need to make sure that we are keep moving forward. The Apostle Paul said, keep your eye on the prize. Run as if you were running for that one prize. You keep your eyes on Jesus. And you may stumble, and you may fall, and I got news for you, it's not going to be perfect. Remember our little house we built up there last week, right? The storms will come. But if we're practicing these things and living it out, we make it through. And we need to practice these spiritual disciplines as we grow every single day. You know, here's the funny thing. We get to this point where we go, well, you know, Tony, I've, I, already, I already volunteered here or did this here for two years. I, I, I need a break. I get that. Take a break for a season, but come back and do more for God. We get to a point where we go, well, you know what? You know, and I'm talking to some of our, our younger people here where we go, man, I'm just a teenager. What am I going to do? I don't know. What, God, what does God want you to do? God can use you, absolutely. Don't let anyone tell you you're too young to do it, okay? We get to that point maybe in our life where we start slowing down a little bit and go, you know what? I'm pretty sure God said somewhere in that book, I can retire at 62. (laughs) If you find that verse, I'll give you a dollar. I'm just saying. There is nowhere in the Bible says you, you get to retire. But if you love Jesus and you're doing this circle, you don't want to retire, You just want to keep it going. Let me give you an example real quick before we finish up. There was this great lady I knew. Her name was Anna Ruth Smith. And she heard about a mission trip to Central America. And I think it was El Salvador or Honduras. I think it was El Salvador. 79 years old. She got on an airplane with a group of about a dozen other people and flew to Central America for two weeks of missions. She celebrated her 80th birthday on a mountain in Central America. 
There's a beautiful picture of her with her walking stick just going at it. And she, when she came back, she says, well, I'm a little slower than some of the other ones, but I'm going to get it done. Maybe that's what God's calling you to. I don't know. Maybe he's just, maybe he's calling you to talk to your next door neighbor. And that can be a lot harder sometimes, can it? Going halfway across the world. But anyway, practice those disciplines and act on it, which we just talked about. Jesus said go. Jesus said go. He didn't say say a prayer and get saved. He said follow me. And his parting words with his disciples were go into all the world. Right? So as we uh, come to this last worship song and we sing about the love, the awesome love of God, how he loves us, I want you to ask yourself a couple questions. The first one's from last week. Am I still excited about my journey? That doesn't mean you have to be like, look at me, I love Jesus. If that is you, that's cool. We've got a corner for you over there somewhere. But sometimes it's a quiet enthusiasm where we're just going. In fact, some of the people who are some of the most awesome servants you never even hear or see or notice, they're the people who just do the stuff. And it's amazing. But are you still excited about your journey? Are you still excited about which one am I on next? I can't wait to get to the next one because I want to come right back around and do it again. That's the one thing. And then the second thing, which is, I'm going to be honest, is very dangerous. God, what do you want me to do? That is a scary prayer if you really think about it. God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me? So, am I still excited? And where do you want me, Lord? Let's just give this time to him. Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We are so excited and so in love with you that you have called us to be part of this journey with you that you have called us your own, that you died and saved us from our sins. That you've made it real to us and that you've walked alongside us. That you have given us the Bible so that we have instructions on how to do these things and how to live these things out. That you've called us to action, called us to go into all the world. And so, Father God, We just give you this time of looking into ourselves as we love you. Are we excited? And what do you want to do with us next? We just give you this time. In Jesus' name.